This is episode 258 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are The Importance of Having Prepper Friends and The Senior Prepper, Six Special Considerations for the Elderly. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I'd like to welcome all our new listeners. And if you are not subscribed, make sure you do that in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast network. And that makes sure that you never miss another podcast episode. Welcome to another week of the Prepper Website Podcast and podcast episodes. I'm so glad that you're able to join me again this week. Hey, those of you who have been with me for a while know that I uh, record the night before, and so I want to have the podcast episodes ready for you in the morning for your morning commute uh, if you want to listen to it then. Uh, But uh, on Sunday night, I did the recording. I was talking about this last week. I did the recording with the preparedness experience. And so, uh, you know, Brian and Dale and Ryan were on and uh, we were all on actually and, and had a great conversation. We went actually a little bit longer than the hour that we said that we were going to do, which was great. We probably could have gone on for another couple of hours actually just talking. It was really great to be able to just talk with other people and bounce off in that in that fashion. So if you missed it, uh, you weren't able to watch it, I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go over to Facebook and watch the recorded version of it. Uh, you know, I really uh, am appreciative of what they're doing over there and getting preparedness content out there. And just uh, the format was great, being able to bounce off of each other. And there's just a lot of collective experience and preparedness there. So uh, definitely hope you get a chance to go check that out. Hey, I wanted to let you know that I was contacted this last week by uh, Survival Hacks. And in the past, they have, you know, I've done little reviews for them on different different items, you know, gear that they've had or whatever. And uh, not too long ago, I talked about their uh, their ferro rod, right? Their ferrocium rod, the six-inch ferrocium rod, and they were given given it out at, at such a great deal. And I started talking about that everywhere. Well, they contacted me this, this last week and said that they have their flashlight, which is it's a, it's a tactical, you know, tactical, that word means so many different things, but it's a 1,000 lumen flashlight. And it comes with a rechargeable battery and the charger. And, you know, they sell it normally for $29.99, but they've given me a coupon code for Prepper website listeners and readers. And, and man, it takes 60% off. So you get this flashlight for $9.99. So you get the flashlight, you get the battery, and you get the charger all for $9.99. And that's just such a great deal. And so I've been sharing that out there. A lot of people I know are... Uh, taking advantage of it um, because I've been putting it on Facebook, on Twitter. I even did a little blog post about it just so that people could get the the uh, get a, a view of what it looks like and also get the the coupon code that you need to uh, put into Amazon when you when you order it so that you do get it at nine ninety nine. And so I'm going to link to that over on edthatmatters.com. The article is entitled "Can You See Me Now?" A great deal on a survival hacks tactical flashlight. And I, I, you definitely owe it to yourself to go take, take a look at it. Hey, guys, I know that on the aftermath of all, these, all this stuff that's happened in Florida with the Florida shooting, 
I know that you guys are uh, very aware of what's going on and you are, uh, you know, you, you always talk about being being aware of, of, of the climate and the culture and what's happening. And so you have people right now, uh, there's so many things going on stirring it up. Uh, people have been talking about it's just it's you know Soros is involved and you know the left is involved stirring up kids and all this kind of stuff and they're they're using these kids and there's actors and I can't really speak to all the specifics. I mean I've read the articles and all of that, but I, I'm more along the lines is how things start focusing in on firearms, right? And 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 I talked about this before and I said this is something that. Uh, it's very possible that could be happening. I didn't think it would uh, be as much as it is now, but definitely they're pushing gun control and all that kind of stuff. And you hear about it all the time. And so uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is you have all these businesses that are trying that are boycotting the NRA now. It's like the NRA didn't have anything to do with it. And there's a there was a video over on uh, Fox News, and I wish I could link to it, but the way that they do their videos, it just it doesn't. Uh, lend itself to be able to find a link to where I can link to it. But some of these um, these companies like Avid, and they're all like car rental places in, in airline. I mean, I don't understand what, but I mean, Avis, Allied Budget, right? Delta Enterprise, First National, uh, Hertz, MetLife, Northern American, Simple Safe, uh, Paramount, uh, RX, so I guess that's a pharmaceutical company, Symantec, Right, so the the uh, antivirus and, and all that that you have on your computers, United Airlines, True Car, I mean, all these people are, are you know they're they're starting to boycott the NRA or, or they're not supporting the NRA and stuff, and all that's going to do is and I used to be a member of the NRA and I let, let my registration lapse, right, my membership lapse, and I just never just never renewed it. But you know what this makes me want to do is go and. Go ahead and sign up my, you know, renew my membership because all these companies are doing. I'm like, okay, right. So it's going to have uh, a backwards effect on these people. Uh, they don't. I don't think they understand that. It's going to cause more people to go to the NRA and want to, you know, sign up in their membership to support them because they realize common sense people realize that the NRA had nothing to do with this. And so I just I don't understand. Uh, why these companies do that. Uh, maybe they're feeling pressure or whatever from other groups. If you're not a member of the NRA and that is something that you think you might want to do, you might want to go over there and uh, you know sign up to be a member. Uh, again, like I said, I, I'm going to do it just just off the principle of all these other companies cutting ties with uh, with them. And so I don't always agree with, with everything. Uh, there's been some, and really it was like a I think one of the reasons why I let my membership lapse, there was an email that kind of got on my nerves and uh, I can't remember the specifics about it, but uh, I just didn't renew and uh, maybe it was spammy. I, I can't remember. But anyway, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to renew my membership and just because, you know, I want to support uh, I want to support those those uh, businesses and this or organizations that are, you know, to stand up and say, hey, uh, you know, this is not right. And so I think all these companies here, they're really, uh, they're going to hurt themselves. And actually, they're just going to cause more people to go sign up for the NRA. So anyway, I don't know. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into our first article of the podcast. It comes to us from Daisy Luther over at TheOrganicPrepper.com. And this is an important one here, guys. This is called The Importance of Having Prepper Friends. And, you know, one thing is when you're out there prepping and you're on your own, 
you know, those of us who were prepping before really social media, before there was a lot of Facebook groups and stuff, there was pages, there was forums, uh, those kinds of things. But there's something to being able to be face to face with someone and, and really, you know, talk and, and become, you know, really get to know them. Uh, I think that's very, very important for us. It's hard to do just because of the nature of preparedness and how, you know, we, we need to be careful uh, with, you know, with what we say. And, and Daisy goes into a lot of that information here. But I think it's very valuable. I think Facebook groups, you know, we talked a little bit about that in the, in the interview with the preparedness experience. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the positive nature of groups and having people that we can go to and talk to and, and, and ask questions and those kinds of things. But it, it's one thing to be able to do that. Another thing to have people that you can rely on that are really close to you and uh, you're able to, to share your preparedness you know, with them face to face. And so uh, it kind of got me thinking about the times when we've got together with people here in the Houston area and just people have gotten together and we just over, uh, you know, dinner or breakfast and have come together. Maybe we need to do that again here uh, or really soon. But anyway, I think this is a great article. So hopefully it will inspire you uh, to maybe move to a, to a place where you can feel comfortable making some contact with, with uh, real people in the preparedness uh, realm. So let's go ahead and read this one. You've probably all heard that old success adage that warns you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. The guy who is credited with saying that is Jim Rowan, who is widely accepted as the world's top business philosopher. But don't overlook it, because it's true of all facets of life, not just business. In fact, it's why I suggest you have prepper friends. No matter who you are, you're still influenced by the people with whom you spend the most time. You tend to prioritize the things that are consistently mentioned in practice. So if you get together with a few friends to do some canning or to work on a bug out property, not only are you bonding, but you're practicing important skills. When your friends support prepping as a positive and reasonable activity, you'll be a lot more likely to focus on it regularly. After all, it's a lot of fun to share a great score of kerosene lamps at a yard sale with people who will actually join you in your excitement. On the other hand, if your peers constantly denigrate or mock your preparedness efforts, it can be quite demotivating. Who wants to be the object of rolled eyes and deep sighs all the time? You may stick with your efforts in private, but being surrounded by folks like this can make what you're doing feel far less important or even ridiculous. Motivation and encouragement can be overlooked as the impetus to help you become better prepared. So what if you don't know any preppers? The funny thing about prepper friends is that they're not always preppers. While it can be awesome to find a group of people who share your interests completely, it isn't always practical. That doesn't mean you can't be surrounded by supportive peers. Look for folks who practice the skills we prize, like homesteading, gardening, herbalism, food preservation, wildcrafting, foraging, hiking, bushcraft, sewing, knitting, living history groups, soap making, beekeeping, CERT or other community preparedness training, volunteer paramedics or firefighting, volunteer search and rescue, you get the idea. I would even add to that, you know, firearms, uh, if you could get into a group that uh, maybe is doing some of that, uh, that lends itself easily to to preparedness as well. All right, continuing on. Uh, While they may not have a bug out bag, you'll probably have a lot more in common with these people than folks who live for the next episode of Rich Person Reality TV. 
some of my very favorite people to hang out with were folks I met in a homesteading group back when I lived in California. While we didn't share all the same philosophies, our love of self-reliance and sharing of skills created a strong lifelong bond. So find Prepper Friends online. Bearing real-life friends, groups online can be a wonderful way to touch base with others who share your views. Always be cautious about sharing too much personal information with anyone you meet online. Heck, in person too. Look for forums, busy comment sections on blogs, or if you're into social media, groups on Facebook or Google. You can join my Facebook group, Prep Club, by going here and answering the questions. We have a lot of great discussions, monthly motivation challenges, and conversations about a variety of scenarios. It's so much fun to share the stuff you can't or something you built with people who will be as excited as you are. What's more, as a group, we can offer support and suggestions when you run into into stumbling blocks. While online friends aren't quite like in-person friends, if you're feeling isolated, it can be a great way to find a supportive circle. The importance of OPSEC. OPSEC is an acronym for operational security, and the term was coined by American military forces during the Vietnam War. The basic idea is to protect small pieces of information that could be put together to form a bigger picture. With regards to prepping, it means that you never want others to know things like how many supplies you have, where you keep your supplies, what specific supplies you stash, what your home defense strategies are. And in some cases, you won't want them to know what you're a, that you're a prepper at all. You get the idea. Don't make yourself vulnerable, even to people you consider friends. Unless you have known someone a long time, been through crisis with them, and fully trust them, there are some things you should keep to yourself. Do you have prepper friends? Of course, you're always welcome to chat here in the comments section. I strongly encourage it. Are your friends and family also involved with prepping? If not, have you made efforts to meet others who are into preparedness lifestyle? Do you have some ideas how we can meet like-minded people? Please share your thoughts in the comments section below. So definitely uh, you're welcome to go uh, into the comments section over at Daisy's article. And uh, like always, I link to them in the show notes. I think this is a very important, again, very important uh, you know, concept here because uh, in some of the things that she said, you know, sometimes you're prepping and you feel all alone and it's, it's great to be able to share and talk with someone across, you know, the table with some coffee and just, you know, talk about where you're at with preparedness. And it's maybe something that doesn't have to happen every single weekend or whatever, but uh, just being able to realize that there's people out there that in your, that are in the same game as you are, right? And, and they have skin in the game and you know that you can uh, contact them or you, you know, real life people that are prepping, uh, you know, as, again, like I said, you, there's forums, there's Facebook groups. And that's one thing I love about our Facebook, Facebook group. Um, you know, you can go over there and you can ask a question and people are going to be very helpful. They're not going to, you know, demean you. They're not going to make fun of you. Everyone starts somewhere. So if you have a newbie question or even if you've been prepping for a while, but you just are curious, you know, you drop something in there and there's people who have knowledge of, of, of all kinds of, you know, preparedness that can, they can share with you. So it's very important, very beneficial to you as a prepper to be involved with that, you know, in, in groups and, and online and stuff like that. But I think also, again, it's, it's important to have people that you can rely on. Now, I'm very blessed. My dad prepares. My brother prepares. Um, my church, uh, before, before we closed the, our, our church down, you know, back in the day, you know, everybody was in one form or another of preparedness. 
Um, the church that I pastor right now, a lot of people are, um, they're not, I wouldn't say maybe not all into preparedness, but they're very open to, and there's very, there's different levels of preparedness there. And so I can talk about preparedness and not, you know, as the pastor, I can talk about preparedness and people aren't giving me weird looks, right? They, they understand where I'm coming from. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's great. So I'm glad that I have that uh, there uh, to be able to rely on. And hopefully you have a group that you can rely on. One of the things that Ryan, when we were online on this, uh, on the, the preparedness experience that he brought up, Meetup. Now, I, Houston is such a big city. We should have preparedness groups uh, on uh, on meetup.com. And the ones that I have seen in the past have kind of just, uh, you know, no one wants to really, uh, I think what it is is like it passed from group leader to group leader to group leader because someone has to take uh, charge of it. And then someone has to pay a monthly charge to be on meetup and, and those types of things. And so, you know, there's a lot to go that goes into it. I'm very surprised that we don't have a bigger community of preppers on meetup.com in the Houston area. I think if someone was to to do that, I think it could be very popular. And actually, if I was a store owner, like if I had uh, a survival store or I had a backpacking or hiking, I think I would do that. And man, I'd, I would blow that up. Uh, you know, not only have the meetup group and I would have meetups in my in my business place of business and then open up my place of business to to sell items, right? But anyway, that's just my idea on the way that I would I would probably do things. And um, I don't know, maybe that's something that uh, someone will pick up in the Houston area. There are, you know, in in your area as well. If there are, if you are in a in a big city, you know, there might be a preparedness group there that's meeting. And when you meet together, you're not sharing your whole life story. You get to you get to to know people. You get to share, you know, basic preparedness, general preparedness information. Talk generally, right? And then as you get to know people, as you feel more comfortable with them, as they open up a little bit, you open up a little bit, and then you're able to, you know, to see where people are. And it might be where you you get to a point where you, you realize, you know what, this group is not for me, or this person over here is like really, uh, you know, way off the rails, and, you know, they, you know, aliens, <laughs> aliens have, have picked them up and have probed them and all kinds of things, and you might like, that's not something I want to do, right? Is that something I want to get involved with? Yeah, but you might find someone else who is just very, you know, on on the same level where you're at, and you might, who knows, you might find a very great friend in the, in all, all that situation, right? So, uh, like Todd, did you really say probe <laughs> alien probe? Yeah, man. So, <laughs> all right, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to edit that out or I'm going to keep it in there. But anyway, that's funny. Maybe we we someone needs to start an alienpreparedness.com website. There you go. Uh, that's out there for someone. All right, so uh, man, I'm going going downhill fast. Let's go ahead and move into our next article of the podcast. It comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You dot com, and this is a very important article that I I believe in as well. You know, some people might think about this this topic, and the article is entitled again, "The Senior Prepper: Six Special Considerations for the Elderly." Some people might think about this topic and say. Uh, wow, really, the elderly, there's a lot of other things to be thinking about. But here's, here's the, 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 the true facts of it, right? We all have parents or we all have elderly people that we know of. And on one side of it, they might not have a clue about preparedness. And, you know, they, they're just out there and life is just, they've never had to be 
prepared for, you know, there's a lot of elderly people that were children of people that were from the depression, right? And so they weren't really necessarily in the depression or didn't feel the depression as much. And so they're not coming with that um, that that background. Now, there's people whose parents instilled in them a lot of the, the things that they learned and a lot of the, the 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 aspects of the depression era and and they you know they built that into their lifestyle but there's a lot of people who aren't very familiar with that and so all they have known is America in in the in the great years even when it America has been in those lean years when things haven't been really great we're still better off than like 95 percent 90 I would think is even bigger 99 percent of the world. Are the poor of the poor here in America are not anywhere near the poor that you have in other countries. We're very, very blessed when it comes to that. And so you have on one side those elderly people that when the poop hits the fan or, or whatever it might be, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, global or regional thing. It can be something as simple as, uh, you know, flooding like Hurricane Harvey. Their world is going to be rocked. And then you have people on the other side who understand about preparedness, but they're older. They can't move as well. They can't. They have medical issues, but they still have that desire to be prepared and to help other people prepare and to survive themselves, right? And so it's very easy to just say, "All right, hey, you're old. You're going to die, and that's it," you know. And and uh, that's just I, I hate that idea. I can't even. Not only just being a person that just cares about other people, but just my faith doesn't allow that, right? Uh, I've got elderly people around me that I you know, I want to uh, make sure that they're going to be okay uh, if you know a situation warrants it. And so uh, let's go ahead and jump into this one right here. And I'd like to remind you, those of you, I mean, you might be completely on your own in, in the preparedness idea or an aspect of it, but uh, you know, you might have parents, you might have elderly neighbors. Um, this is going to be, you know, part of it here. This is going to be. This is a big topic that we don't always talk about in the preparedness community. And I know because I hear from elderly people who are, you know, hey, they're concerned because they have mobility issues, because they have health issues, but they understand that being prepared is very important. So let's go ahead and jump right into this one: the senior prepper, six special considerations for the elderly. Who knows better than someone who's been around a while that sometimes life throws curves? Despite this, I've seen little about the the particular need of the senior prepper or thought about it myself, to be honest. We here at 3BY recently got a message from one of our young readers. Did you know there's a Scout Merit Badge for preparedness? Pretty neat, huh? She'd found a resource she really liked and hoped to share further than her own grandmother. I agreed it's worth the read and you can find it here if you clicky. It got me to think too, so I wanted to add a few thoughts both from the prepper perspective and bringing in some things I learned helping my own parents. The med list. The suggestion to have a couple of copies of one's medication list is certainly a good one. Since many seniors have a fairly complex set of medications, it might be wise to develop that list further, such as saying how much of each is to be taken and special instructions, such as only when a symptom arises or only with food. The person who the meds are for won't have to remember it all, and if the person needs help, the helper needs to know that stuff too. And what if some of the meds aren't available? 
That's not necessarily a big problem in the short term, but it would be easier to adjust appropriately if the list also indicated which med was for which purpose. Oftentimes, one med is prescribed just to handle side effects of another one. So if one is stopped, the other should be too. More thoughts on adjusting meds can be found here. And they link to an article. Uh, actually, I think I've uh, read this one on the, uh, on the podcast before. Uh, situations change sometimes the SHTF. Life changes, medication changes, but how? A prepping example. So that might be, if you haven't, uh, you haven't read that one or didn't listen to that podcast episode, you might want to go check that one out. The next is contact information. This is more for the personal level emergencies, but those are, after all, the most common sort. I hope we're all carrying enough information that at a first responder would know who to contact if we're incommunicado. I also am a big fan of having both well-thought-out advanced directives and, if possible, someone you trust completely that has your medical power of attorney. Both information on the advanced directives and who has the power of attorney should be easily on hand. Mobility. If you need mobility aids, do you have spares? How are you set for extra hearing aid batteries, reading glasses, a magnifier for fine work, dentures or supplies that go with them? Have you thought about how you'd manage if you've special needs along the lines and have to get out of Dodge and maybe stay in places that aren't very accessible? These are all things that any of us might need, but they're more commonly required the longer we survive. If anyone in the home uses oxygen, it's critical to have a very fast and reliable escape plan suited to your mobility. The high oxygen content in the building, well, let's just say that throwing extra oxygen on a fire is just about like throwing gasoline on it. We have one woman in town who was on oxygen, her entire home burned to the foundation before the fire trucks could get the three miles out of town to her place. She had the rapid escape ready, luckily. Transport. Many seniors don't drive. Of course, they often have friends or family to help them normally, but are these people close enough if travel is very hard or time is very short? I'd be stopping by my neighbors across the street if we have an ammonia truck crash or something and need to immediately evacuate. But if I wasn't a prepper, it might not occur to me. And her son is a bit of a drive away. A standing arrangement with a neighbor would make that process much smoother. If one does have to go to a shelter, in major disasters right now, sheltering the victim is often done by opening up big centers like school gyms filled with cots. That's not fun for anyone, but one thing that seldom gets mentioned is that those places are like trading conventions for germs. People with less robust immune systems might have extra alcohol gel sanitizer and face masks packed. Face masks aren't great at stopping airborne germs, but they help somewhat and they discourage one from touching one's face, which is useful. And then temperature control. A heat source that doesn't go away when the electricity does is an important prep for any of us in cold climates. Cooling, we often overlook though. If most of us don't have AC, it's just uncomfortable. Senior citizens have a harder time with it though. The last time Paris had a big heat wave, many buildings there don't have AC since they seldom need it. They had several fatalities, and every one so far as I saw were among the elderly. I've got a lovely little battery-operated fan that helps a ton. If you live in a hot climate, that might be a worthy investment. 
I sure am glad to have it during summer nights at the place and I get more than a full night out of each battery. It's not like prepping is a whole different ball game for seniors. They're part of everybody. So if it's an everybody should have, then they should too. They are more likely to have a few of these special considerations though. I also hope this has got you thinking about what seniors may be in your corner of the world who might need a bit of a hand. If you don't see the value of helping for its own sake, remember we're talking about people who often know how to do quite a few things that most of us couple of decades younger have never learned. Man, I think this is a great article. You know, there's a comment here that I don't completely agree with, and I love the way that they 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 dealt with it, right? Uh, salty and spice, uh, and even paranoid prepper, you know, answered it. And I think they did just just an excellent job uh, on doing that. And so I'm going to invite you to go uh, take a look at this article and read the comments. And maybe even uh, you can contribute a little bit. So let me bounce off some of this just, just a little bit. The med list that they talked about, I think that's a great idea. And I think having some of those maybe in some like, uh, you know, like a plastic sheet or whatever. So you have multiple copies. Uh, I think that's great. So not only listing the the meds that someone takes like a senior citizen would take but also like when they take it you know does it have any you know do they have any problems with it are are there any considerations do they need to take it with food or milk or water or on an empty stomach or whatever uh you know does it make them feel weird or you know woozy or whatever it might be uh, when they take this medication so i think that is very so if you are a seasoned citizen and you are in this situation, that might be a great thing. That might be one of those things that you can that you can do is you can sit down and create a list that would be very helpful to someone just in case you weren't able to, um, you're incapacitated for a reason or you weren't able to speak for a reason or people were coming to get your, your, your stuff that you, you know, they knew exactly what uh, you needed. And so that might be something that you need to, to keep. Uh, with it, and if you maybe you have an elderly parent that you're taking care of or a neighbor, be great to help them with that, and uh, be very uh, very specific on their on their medications. I think the contact information is very important. Mobility, you know, if I was in a wheelchair and I was concerned about this, I think I would have a spare that just had uh, more of like the knobby tires, right? Uh, more of, I guess, like a four by four wheelchair or whatever, but one that could go over terrain. Because you have the, the the wheelchairs that you would use in your in your house, right, or that you would take to the store or you know uh, to the doctor's appointments or whatever. But one that you know, if you had to go on some rocky uh, on rocks or grass or whatever, it would be a little bit easier for you to navigate. Uh, I think that would be uh, a worthy investment as well. Let me see here. I wanted to talk a little bit about this shelter uh, because it brought up memories of Hurricane Harvey. Uh, my next door neighbor who was elderly called uh, panicky and when when the water was almost at its highest here for us and uh, she was panicky and she had called for an evacuation and uh, by that time we had boats and uh, military vehicles and all kinds of things in our neighborhood and a boat I, I wish I would have taken a picture of it or video of it a boat came right up to her front door and so they had i mean it was a bigger boat and they had the kind of motor that they could uh would uh they could bring up right so it was motorized 
But this sucker came right up to her front door, and uh, she called me before they came. She called me panicked. Todd, hey, uh, they're coming for a rescue. Be ready to go. Grab some things. We're, you know, we're leaving. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I don't want you. So I, I was already, you know, I wasn't planning on leaving, but, you know, I gave the option to my wife and to my kids. And they're like, no, we're staying. And so we all decided to stay. And we're glad we did because we were able to uh, to wait it out. But her, uh, she, she did evacuate. And I heard from my mother-in-law, who doesn't live very far away from where we're at, they evacuated as well. And so what happened is they, they, people who were leaving from the neighborhoods with boats and stuff like that were getting people to one central location. And then military vehicles were getting them you know, through really uh, uh, high water, getting them to a church, right? A local church that is here. And they slept in the pews of the church. It was very uncomfortable. There was a lot of people. And, and exactly what they're talking about here in this article, there's a lot of germs. You don't know what people have. You don't know where people, where people are sitting. You don't know if people have been going through. I mean, there was people that were walking in water uh, almost chest deep in my neighborhood. Like it was, you know, hey, let's go take a, a, a dip in the lake. And I just want to like, do you realize what is in that water? Get out of that water. And there was people who had cuts, who had infections and stuff like that later on down the road. So you never know where people are, what people you know are walking through, what people have. And then, you know, they're sitting down and uh, you can be all in that. So being in a shelter, if you don't have to, you don't want to go. But if you do have to, you want to think about that hygiene aspect of it. And so you might want to have some big contractor bags in your bug out bag to be able to lay down so that you're going to lay down on top of. You want to have that hand sanitizer. You want to, you know, those kinds of things. You just want to be very smart about that. Uh, you want to be appreciative of, of what everybody is doing uh, for you and how they're helping you. And uh, it, definitely, if you need to bug out, if you need to go to a shelter, you need to go there. But it's it's good to have some supplies already thought out along the lines of hygiene, right? And then they talked a little bit about temperature control, and they talked about this battery with uh, or this fan that's battery operated. They also have battery operated fans that run on uh, or have a USB connection. So if you have one of those big battery banks, uh, man, you can you can run a fan off of that for a long, long time. And so uh, you know you have that option as well. Or even if you can tie it into you have they make twelve volt fans. For, uh, I guess that you would have in a car, or like in a truck or something like that, where it would plug into a cigarette lighter. But if you have a battery backup and you have a cigarette lighter attachment, you can use that and that will go for a long, long time. And you think about you know what that would do to help cool somebody off. Uh, you know, And the cooling towels, I think, are, are important as well. So a lot, a lot of things here, guys. I don't think this is a topic that uh, will go away. I think as we get older... And as we have, you know, we realize we have parents who, you know, they're going to have uh, some needs. And again, I, I, like I said, you know, elderly or senior citizens out there, uh, seasoned citizens who are uh, elderly, I mean, they want to survive just like you. They want to be prepared just like you. And there's just some special considerations for them. And uh, maybe you can do your part in helping them, helping them out as, as much as possible too. I think uh, that, that would be great. All right, guys, so that is it for uh, 200, episode 258. Thanks so much for starting your week out with me. I look forward to another week of Preparedness Podcast. 
And uh, if you if you have not connected with me online, uh, I'd love to be able to, to hear from you. You can come over to the Prepper Website Podcast and leave me a comment in episode 258. You can send me an email or you can come hang out with me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'd love to be able to connect with you. And so, uh, you know, we make it very, very easy for you to connect. So I look forward to hearing from you. With that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.